Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I'm back better than ever. This is Thomas A. Deloach, and no matter where you are, I want you to know God loves you, and so do I. And on today's show, I want to talk about call for the end result. This is a teaching podcast, so I want you to go and grab your Bibles, something to write with, because again, I believe I have something to share with you that is going to encourage your heart. We want to start here in Matthew chapter number 14. And we're going to start here at verse number 15 and we'll conclude at verse number 21. This will be our launching pad today. The Bible says, and when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they don't need to depart. Give ye them something to eat. And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed, he brake, and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Verse 20. And they did eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained, twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. So in this quick synopsis of this particular passage of scripture, we see a lot of things here. And I don't have time to unpack everything that I see, but I at least want to share this part with you. That Jesus here strategically, as he's dealing with his disciples, is trying to help them to see what he's trying to see or what he is seeing. So in John chapter 6, verse 6, there's another rendition of this that I want to point out. It's just this one verse, I think, that will explode in your heart as it did mine. And it says, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. And I believe he's talking about Philip in this particular passage. It's so important to understand that God knows what he's going to do. And in this situation, Jesus knew what he was going to do. You might want to write this down because I think this is key. Remember, when you have a personal relationship with God, you always have more than enough. I want to say that to you again. When you have a personal relationship with father, with daddy, whatever you call him, you always have more than enough. So this notion that all we have is what we have is not clear. You have more than enough because of your relationship with God. So everything that you do moving forward, you're not doing by yourself. Everything you do moving forward, you're just not doing 
after your own plan or whatever the case may be, because we can start out with our own plan and end the same day with our own plan. But I want to encourage you today that you always have more and more than enough. You just need to learn how to call for the end result. Now, I think it's also important to understand that it's hard to see what you really have when you're looking at your own situation. I've been there. I didn't really understand. I really couldn't see my relationship with God when bills were due. I really couldn't see my walk with God when I'm in a particular situation and trying to figure out how to get out and get over into the next level. But God is your roadmap. God knows how to get you there. And so when you are really in your own little bubble, your own little situation, you can just be so frustrated that you just can't even think rationally. And that's an opportunity where you just need to slow down, sit in the quiet and remember who you're connected to because connections are everything. When you know who you're connected to, you know you got more than enough. You know that what they have, they will quickly give it to you and help you in your time of need. Now, Jesus always worked with the end result. That's how he did his business. And so if we're going to do like he did, we've got to learn how to do it as well. Again, I want to read you John chapter six, verse six, because I don't want you to forget this. And this he said, to prove him for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus knew what he would do because of his relationship with God. And this is why he walked with so much swag. This is why he had so much confidence. This is why he was never nervous. He was never worried. He was never concerned about any situation he was in. He already knew it was going to work out. Imagine living your life with inside information. Can you imagine how you would have a bounce in your step when you knew every situation you were in, it was going to work out? I want you to know that anytime we say these words, I don't know how it's going to work out is an indictment against our relationship with God. Because if you connected with God, you can't say you don't know how it's going to work out. You know how it's going to work out if you really think about that, because we can praise and worship God and say all these kind pleasantries. But in the same breath, we'll say, I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how the bills are going to be paid. I don't know how I'm going to send my kids to school. And I get it because maybe you don't know all the details about how it's going to happen. But when you have, again, a personal connection with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you say it's going to work out. I know God is going to bring me through. See, it's all about what you know. And when you don't have it in your heart, you begin to speak with doubt, fear, unbelief. You're not talking right. So we've got to listen to what we're saying and quickly correct our language. And all of this, again, is about our walk with the Lord. In other words, because I know what the end is going to be, I call for the end result. I know what the end is going to be. I may not know what's going to happen in the middle. I may not even know what's going to happen in the beginning, but I know God is going to bring me out. I know God is going to hold my hand through the process and empower me so that I can come out and be in the winner's circle with my hands up with the trophy in my hand saying, hey, man, 
God and I did it again. So whatever you want, you've got to call for it. For example, when you want your dog, you call for your dog. You don't sit there on the couch and get frustrated as to why he's not coming over there to you. You call him. Whatever you name your dog, you call it. Whatever you want is voice activated. The kingdom is voice activated. In the world, you got to struggle. You got to just be stressed out. You got to look for things. But in the kingdom of God, you call for that thing. I believe the Greek word there is kaleo, to call to you, to call from somewhere to where you are. So whatever you need, you just need to call for it. So Jesus now has to help his disciples get started in the process. And this is what I love about Jesus. He wants to show us how to do what he did. So I'm going to show you how to act as God would, as Jesus did, especially in this process, so that you can see the glory of God manifested, miracles manifested, signs and wonders manifested in your life every single day. Now, I want you to notice again in Matthew chapter number 14, we're going to start here at verse number 17. And again, I know you heard it before, but sometimes we just need to hear things again and again. And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fish. Notice this is what they said. This is what the disciples said after Jesus is really trying to push them to help them to see you're not seeing it properly. This is what they said again. This is all we have. All we got is five loaves and two fishes. See, our response to God tells him where our faith is. It really does, because you can't call for the end result when you're unsure how it is going to end. So their best response was, this is all we have. It reminds me of another story with the prophet when he went to the prophet, when he went to the woman's house and she said, all I have is a cruise of oil and a little bit of meal here. But he didn't give in to all she had because he knew that he was the other ingredient that she didn't think about. No, you got me. I'm the prophet. God sent me here to bless you. So in blessing you, I'm going to bless myself. So bake me a cake first. And when that happened, the miracle began to flow. The power of God began to flow. So we've got to learn, even in what we consider is all we have left, the other ingredient is God. The other ingredient is the Holy Ghost. And he's there to empower our eyes so that we can see what we don't see. Here's point number one. And I actually have three of these. Point number one is Jesus says in verse number 18, Matthew chapter 14, verse number 18, he says, bring them hither to me. All right. This is all you have bring it to me. In other words, everything starts with a command. I'm going to say that again. Everything, when you dealing with God, everything starts with a command. Here's one of the commands he's even given in the word of God. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse. Take up your bed and walk. Dip seven times in the Jordan. Ask, seek, knock. These are commands, not options. You got to stop looking at what God is saying to you as an option. 
No, no, no. These are not options. When God is saying something to you, this is a command because he knows the end result. And if he can get you to buy into what he's saying and you do it, you will see the miracle. The problem is, it's just like you talking to somebody and they're telling you a way you can get out and you just seeing it as an option. So for you, it's just, well, that's just what they're saying, but I'm thinking something else. So maybe I'll choose between the two. So we take that same approach when we're dealing with God. No, when God says to you, bring the tithes in the storehouse so that there may be provision in my house and I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. God is trying to help you to see the end result is that you're going to be flowing in blessing. The end result is that you're going to be flowing in all kind of things. So we've got to learn how to take what God is saying, not as an option, but as a command. And a command is to give an authoritative order. Notice what Jesus said, bring them hither to me. Because in your hand, it's not going to do anything. In your hand, it's just going to remain two fish and five loaves of bread. But when you put it in my hand, then you're going to see an explosion. You're going to see increase. You're going to see my favor on it. You're going to see something you have never seen before. And Jesus is operating from the end because he knows how it's going to work out. It's just like, man, I'm telling you, God is amazing. And he's trying to get us to think like him. But again, in our own natural carnality, all we see is what we see. So we got to have God to take the scales off of our eyes blow up our mindset so that we can stop seeing poverty and see riches so we can stop seeing like a like a pauper but see ourselves as connected to the king of kings and the lord of lords another thing i want you to notice is that the greek word for bring is federal and it means to carry or rush as in something heavy or burdensome do you have something in your life that's heavy for you that's a burden. It's just always something weighing on you, stressing you out. Then he says, you got to bring that to me. In other words, our biggest challenge is not just trusting God, but having the mindset to bring our natural to him. The natural is the thing you looking at. The natural is the two fish, the five loaves of bread. The natural is your bad relationships. The natural is the bills you can't pay. The natural is the stresses, the problems, the stuff, the situations in your life you keep carrying. Why would I carry it when God says, bring it to me? Cast all of your cares on me because I care for you. So when we don't bring what we have to the Lord, it becomes a burden. When you don't bring what you have to God, it will weigh you down. It will stress you out. You either going to have a God or you're going to be one. But if you're going to be one, then you got to work this thing out yourself. But because you have a God and he's been here before, when God is saying, bring it to me, he knows what you need. He is your partner. He is your father. He is your provider. So you've got to begin to look at things from this view. Now, point number two, the next thing Jesus said, once the disciples brought what they had to him, he said, everybody sit down. Here again is not an option. 
It's a command. If you ever been in school before, your teacher is giving you commands, not options. When the teacher stands up and says, hey, everybody sit down. It's just like being in the courtroom and everybody needs to stand up when the judge comes out as a show of honor and respect. If you don't get up, you're going to be in contempt and they're going to throw you out. And if you continue just to act up in the courtroom, they may throw you in jail. So if that works in the natural for every action, there's going to be a reaction. And God is trying to bring order. Jesus is bringing order in this desert place where there's nothing there. They can't really buy anything to eat because the market is closed. Nothing is open. And so in order for Jesus to work a miracle in many of our lives, he's got to get us in order because our lives in many realities are out of order. And so he's saying, everybody sit down because I want to see what I'm working with. I want to know what I'm working with. I want everybody to have a seat so that I can feed you so that you can get what you need so that you can enjoy this experience right before you. So when you sit, it says that you are ready to receive. I'm going to say that again. When you sit, it says you're ready. When they sat down, it said that they were ready to receive. They were ready to be fed. They were ready to be ministered to. People say they're ready, but their posture says something else. So write this down. God chooses the method, but you must stay open to what he chooses. I'm going to say that again. God chooses the method. He doesn't give you the option to choose the method. He is choosing the method by which he's going to bless you. But you've got to stay open to the method that he chooses. So in our prayer time, we've got to say, Lord, help me to stay open to what you're going to do. Never be closed off to what God is going to do in your life. So whatever he tells you to do, you'll do it. Many times God is talking to us and telling us what to do, but the problem is we just not open. We say we want a miracle, but we not open. In other words, it's only but so far we're going to go. Again, remember when I just said to you that Jesus said, dip seven times in the Jordan, you're already in a worse situation. So I want you to dip. Maybe there's another option, Lord. Maybe there's something else I can do. I don't know if I want to get my clothes wet. See, see all the things we come up with when it's time to honor God, when it's time to obey God. All it says is, is that we're not ready to receive. But when you're ready to receive, you will do whatever the master tells you to do because you know he already has called for the end result. Now, I want you to look in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, we're going to start here at verse number 13. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Verse 14, then Jesus ordered him. Here's this command, not an option, a command. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony 
to them. In other words, Jesus called for the end result. But there's something here that I don't want you to miss. Jesus ordered him. He said, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest. See, many times, you know, when God is talking to us, we want to try to like figure out what he's saying as if we're confused about what he said. Because picture yourself in this situation. Jesus is ordering you and he's telling you, go show yourself to the priest and you go home and show your mama and your daddy and everybody else. And then you lose your healing. You lose your deliverance. Jesus is not just talking because he has nothing else to say. He's trying to get you to understand in order to get a miracle, receive a miracle and keep it. You got to do what I tell you to do because I'm calling for the end result. But yet there's something I need you to do in order for you to see the end that I see. I hope this is making sense to you. Now, the word for sit, remember Jesus told them to sit down. So the word for sit is anaclio, which means to lean against or recline. In other words, I'm leaning on God's grace. I'm leaning on God's ability. I'm leaning on God's power to make this happen. Isn't that great that we can lean on God to make this happen for us? What are we leaning on? His grace, his empowerment, his favor to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And again, when we can understand commands that God is giving us, when we can understand that if we're going to come out and go into the next level with grace and peace and joy and victory, we've got to do what he said do. So I want you to begin to lean on God in this situation. Lean on God in this season. You may be frustrated, throwing your hands up, maybe wanting to throw in the towel, just upset and mad and angry, just going off on people. I want you to calm down and get yourself in divine order and know that God is not going to leave you in this trial. He's not going to leave you in this tribulation, but he wants you to lean on his ability and imagine what they're in. They got no choice, really. If you want to eat, You better do exactly what I tell you to do. For some of us, if you're going to get this bill paid, you better listen to God. If you're going to see your body heal, you've been to all the doctors, you've gotten all the prognoses, you know everything that's going on with you, yet you still don't know how you're going to get well. But God knows. And if you listen to him and do what he tells you to do, and one of the things about God I have found out is that he's not going to tell you what the doctors is telling you. If that's the case, you don't even need to go to God. God is going to tell you to do something different. He's going to tell you to do something that might be strange, that might challenge you, but it's all going to be within your relationship with God. In other words, he deals with you on the level of your relationship. He doesn't deal with you on the level of my relationship. So he's not going to tell you to do something that's just so crazy when your relationship with him, the bottom level, wherever you are, God will work with you wherever you are. So don't get frustrated. Just stay with God. This is going to work out. So you don't call for the method. You just know that it's going to work out. So this is what we say. We say, Lord, my business is blessed. So whatever method he chooses is not up to you. Lord, I receive my healing. Whatever method he chooses 
That's up to God. That's not up to me. If I'm single and I want to get married, I say I receive a good spouse that loves God and will love me. And whatever method he chooses to get my spouse to me, whatever method he chooses to divinely hook up with the person that he knows that I want or that he knows that we've been talking about in prayer. Let God choose the method he wants to choose. You just need to know it's going to work out. So when we understand this, we stay open to the Holy Spirit. Write this down. I will stay open to the Holy Spirit. Yep. I want you to write that down. I will stay open to the Holy Spirit. Many of us are closed to the Holy Spirit. We're closed to what he wants to show us. We stay closed to how he wants to do it because for some reason, we just don't believe it's going to work out. And if you operating with unbelief, you got to do something about that. God is not going to do anything about your unbelief. You got to do something about your unbelief. And when you say to yourself and repent of the fact that, you know, Lord, I've been fighting against you. You've been saying some things to me. You even been sending people to say the same things you've been saying. It helps us to have humility and say, Lord, I messed up. Lord, I'm really in sin here. I'm separated from you. But God, if you repent, he'll receive you back. But you've got to stay open to the Holy Spirit. And finally, number three, the last thing Jesus did was he blessed the two fish and five loaves of bread. Aren't you glad that God will take what you have and he will bless it? The only reason why he takes what you have and blesses it because he asked for it. So you just can't give anything to God and he going to bless it. No, no, it doesn't work that way. The only reason why Jesus blessed the two fish and five loaves of bread is because he asked for it. So when he asked for it, you know he's going to take it. He's going to bless it and multiply it. And that thing is going to be great. The Greek word for blessed is the word eulogio which is the verb form of the same word found in Ephesians 1. And it means to praise, to cause to prosper, or to be favored of God. So check this out. When they brought Jesus the two fish and five loaves of bread and it got in his hand, he began to praise God and to thank God. And all of a sudden, he caused it to prosper or to be favored of God. You know why? Because God would never deny his own son. So when it got into the hands of Jesus, he knew what to do. He didn't murmur. He didn't complain. He didn't say all they gave me was two fish and five loaves of bread. What are we supposed to do with that? No, he praised God. He thanked God. Watch this. And he caused that thing to go further than what it could. This is why you've got to give it to Jesus, because when you do, he will cause things to happen for you. He will cause you to get the job. He will cause you to get the raise, the promotion. He will cause the healing to come to your body, deliverance to your mind. This is why you give it to him, because in your hands, you're dealing with limitations. In your hand, you're still going to be dealing with the same thing. But when they gave it to Jesus, man, that thing was amazing. The moment he applied favor to the little that was available, he caused that thing to grow. He caused that thing to multiply. Watch this now. Two fish, five loaves of bread, 
fed 5,000 people, not including women and children. Wow. Did you hear what I said? Two fish, five loaves of bread. I mean, you can't even feed a family of two on that meal. But when it gets in the master's hand, he fed all those people. Watch this. And they had enough. Watch this. For somebody to take it home. Who took it home? I believe the little boy did because they got it from him. And anytime you sow something, your last, God will make sure that you get the fragments. And that little boy took that little lunch that day, hoping to eat it for himself, but he didn't know it was going to get in the master's hands. And when Jesus took that thing and blessed it and fed all those people, it was 12 baskets full. And I believe that little boy took enough home to feed his family for weeks and months off of that meal. This is the power of calling for the end result. And when you do, you're going to see the miracle working power in your life. I pray that this message blessed you today. I want you to go back over these three points again, because as the late great Reverend Ike said, you can't lose with the stuff I use. Why? Because it's the word of God. You can't lose, man. Start using the word of God to your advantage. These are biblical principles to help you to succeed in life. I'm praying for you that you will understand and know that when you call for the end result, you're living in the end because you know how it's going to work out. But that's all that I have for you today. Again, I pray that you were blessed. I want you to send me an email if you were at info at thomasadeloach.com. Always, you can go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. There's a subscriber box there. Put your email in there and click the send button and I'll send you a free PDF that you can read read about understanding and knowing the Bible and operating in biblical principles. Rush and do it today. Also, I'm asking for financial partnership. If these messages are blessing you, this podcast is blessing to you, I want you to go back to the website and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the screen and there's a donation tab. Click that tab there. It'll open up an opportunity for you to give financially. Everything that you give goes for the production of these shows. So if you are being blessed, I don't want your bill money. I don't want your rent money. I don't want your kids clothing money. Whatever you have left, whatever you have to spare, it'll be a blessing to, to empower you so that I can continue to empower empower you with this podcast. All right. I'm praying for you. Understand, go out there today. Be blessed. Lift your head up and know you can call for the end result and see the miracle working power of God operate in your life every time. God bless and peace to the family. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired and encouraged, Please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.